Welcome to the Urban Wine Club podcast. Pour a glass, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode at the Urban Wine Club. I'm your host, Foti, and with me is... Ari. And uh, once again, we have another great special guest with us. Joining us is Patrick Walsh from Provence Wine Imports. And Patrick, welcome to the program. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Patrick, I have to say, I love your accent. Uh, <laughs> Foti told me you were originally from Weymouth? No, so uh, so I'm from. Uh, I was born in Boston, actually. I'm from uh, um, from Boston, and uh, my family is really uh, half and half. So my father is American uh, from Boston, and my mother is from France. And I grew up most of my life. I grew up in uh, Aix-en-Provence, so south uh, of France, southeast of France, in Provence. Uh, so that's why, you know, the, the accent, because I, I spent uh, most of my life over there. Uh, but I was still, you know, visiting back and forth my father. But uh, I I came here now uh, five years ago. Oh, cool. So you, you basically have the best of both worlds. You have the Boston roots and the Boston attitude with a French accent, which is the coolest thing I could think of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how how and, uh, is your transition from France to here? Sorry? How How is your transition from living in France and growing up in France to coming back here? Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's very, I, I like, I like both, both, uh, you know, countries. I like both parts. And it's very interesting actually to have the two culture, uh, because it's, it's very different in some ways. Uh, and I think it's very complementary. So you can really, um, you know, I have the two of them, and I think it's really, uh, I, I like to spend time here, and I like to spend time in France. Uh, it's two different spirits, uh, but I enjoy both of them, and uh, it's, you know, in, in France, it's really about um, enjoying, you know, life together with, with people, and that's why I treat wine is, is a big part in France, I think, because Wine is really about, you know, um, sharing with people some time. And, uh, and that's, I think, the, you know, the, main, uh, well, the main idea that I would have. It, it's for. funny because I, I believe that's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that that's a universal thing for Europe. Because I have, I have many friends who are, you know, they, they come here from Greece and they're like, oh, you know, America's great and it's fun, but it's like, you know... The lifestyle in Greece is really for us, and almost all of them want to go back to Greece. Uh, although they appreciate America and what they and what they they, they experience here, the, the lifestyle is just a little bit different in Greece and in Europe, I believe. Yeah, the social aspect is more interactive uh, in the European culture. Yeah, so but I, I really enjoy you know both both parts of uh, of my culture because. Uh, you know, there are some some good and bad things in in the French French spirit too. Uh, you know, pe- you know, work is not the first thing that come in mind. You know, for French people, uh, <laughs> really? I would say <laughs> it shouldn't. It shouldn't. I, I truly believe it should not be the first thing on your mind. 
no, but, uh, you know, for French people, it would be like far from the first one, you know, so, uh, but I mean, that's, so, you know, in terms of work, I, I mean, French are not the most efficient, you know, people, I would say, but, uh, so that's why I enjoy, you know, working here and I enjoy uh, living here. But, uh, you know, in France, it's, it's just a different, different way of life, um, I think. And, and I, I think that which it's, it's interesting in, uh, here in the U.S. that I think uh, the, the new generations coming are maybe traveling more. Yeah. And maybe are getting this, this spirit, you know, the, this yeah. way of life that we have in, in Europe. I I can feel it, you know, more and more with the my generation and the youngest. I, I I completely agree with you. I I believe that as well. So Patrick, um, tell us a little bit more about the fact that uh, what what even made you want to get into the wine business to start off with. Let alone, you know, you're focusing on a very uh, niche category in today's wine world. But what what actually what was the driving factor for you to get involved? Um, so I started my company uh, four years ago now, and um, uh, just to uh, to let you know about the history of everything, I did uh, all my studies in France. <clears throat> I worked, uh, I did my studies in the uh, in the business school, in an entrepreneur school. Yeah. Um, and when I came here, I, I was always so wine was always part of my you know uh, life as a good French guy of course <laughs> so uh so you know we always with my family when we had the the sunday meal you know sunday lunch meal uh even when i was very young you know i always always had my little drop of of wine you know to mm-hmm. taste the wine of the table so so in, you know it's uh it was always part of my life and it was always very interesting to me and uh, i was always passionate about it uh, so I learned a lot in France. I I I did some uh, sommelier courses in France while I was doing my uh, business school, and uh, and then when I came, I came in the U.S. for family reasons five years ago, and then I had an opportunity to work in uh, in a French restaurants in Boston as a sommelier. Oh, nice! And at the time, I didn't really know, you know, what was on the on the market here in the U.S. Uh, so I learned that. At, uh, in this restaurant, you know, what was really available um, on the market and uh, to build a, a wine list, you know, in a, in a French restaurant in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, I thought that, uh, you know, in terms of uh, French wines and from other countries, I think we have, you know, some very good uh, references, some very good wines. <clears throat> Definitely. Uh, but the only thing was on, you know, my part, my region, in France, in Provence, I didn't really think that the wines that were at the time on the market um, were really, um, how can I say? Good representation. Uh, yeah, good representation of that, you know, way of living that I was uh, mm. uh, telling earlier. So not really the product that we had over there, you know, definitely. And uh, and so, I, you know, I wanted to start at the beginning to bring uh the wines that uh, I used to have, you know, with my friends during um, all my youth. And uh, I had some, you know, good products. I, I knew some wine uh, producers in Provence as well. So I started uh, started to do that uh, four years ago now. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I did, a, you know, a small portfolio of uh, 
wines from Provence, uh, so mostly rosé, of course. Yes. Um, and and that's how I started. So you saw, so you saw basically an opportunity while working in the restaurant scene here in Boston, where there was a void for good rosé, uh, particularly from France, and that's very clever because you said you started your your importing company about four years ago, right? Yes. And I think that rosé. Uh, the category started to kind of explode just about, you know, five, maybe seven years ago where uh, this mystique about what rosé is started to continue to grow. And we started to see more and more representations of rosés coming from all over the world. And for a good part, you know, French rosés were basically um, a leading category. And it's interesting that, you know, you focus just mainly from what I've uh, in very well-made rosés. And for our listening audience, and I'm sure a lot of folks who are listening uh, have either, um, you know, had rosés before, uh, have never had rosés before, or are just, you know, not sure what rosé is. And there's this misconception that, or stigma, I should say, uh, in the U.S. market still, that rosés, for most consumers, seem to be sweet selections when they're when they're actually dry, right? Yes. Uh, rosés yeah. are dry dry wines, and it's not until folks actually get a taste of it before they kind of, it kind of changes their opinion, and that happens a lot at the restaurant level. And yes. uh, now that we're you know living in very challenging times, and for those folks that are still curious and wondering, it's it's uh, programs like ours that allows uh, us to kind of relay that information to the listening audience and get, let them, you know, get educated on, on what's going on in the wine world. But um, rosés are still growing, and I think it's uh, very um, commendable about what you're doing is you're focusing on high-quality and value-driven rosés from Provence. And yes. uh, um, tell us a little bit more about the actual uh, selection. You did say that you, you work with, closely with uh, some very great winemakers in Provence. Uh, I'm sure you have access to many more, but obviously you need to make a decision on what makes more sense and what you should bring to the U.S. market. But what are, what are some of the selections or styles that, you know, you can let our listening audience know if we know what Provence Wine Imports brings to the market? Yes, so I am, uh, I am on, you know, that part because I have uh, half of my family in France. I am very lucky to be able to, you know, spend some time in Provence and, uh, you know, a lot of time and really, uh, you know, hit the road and, and go see uh, the different wine producers, different, you know, taste a lot mm -hmm. of uh, wines. Um, so so the, just to remind about the, the wines, the rosé from Provence, they are uh, typically rosé from Provence. They are, the, you know, the rosé that you're going to see with a, a clear color. You know, very salmon, clear color, and on the taste, they are, uh, you know, crisp, uh, crispy, rosé, yeah. uh, very so light, dry, um, you know, with a nice acidity, nice balance, nice acidity at the end. Uh, so it's very refreshing, mm -hmm. uh, rosé. Um, and when I started, so when I started, I, I, uh, I thought that you know in in France the rosé has always been here, uh, so it's a it's a all year long wine. But really in the summer it's uh, you know everybody all all friends you know when you when you are doing a gathering with friends everybody has 
Yeah, bottle of rosé, and, and, and that's and that, what we drink. And that's where the term rosé all day comes from, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, and yes, you you just made an interesting point. Um, so, in Provence, and I'm sure in other in most parts of France and in the European wine cultures, rosé is consumed pretty much all year round. And something funny in the U.S. is that rosés are only here uh, for a limited amount of time every year. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of contributing factors where uh, yeah, why that is. But that is there something you could say that originated that, or is it just well, something that kind of was organic and just happened? Um, well, I think, and Patrick, you can uh, you can uh, add to what I'm just about to say is that a couple of driving factors is that one is um, the allocation of rosé production is very very small in, in a lot of wineries. And I think that um, based on what is being shipped over, we start to see the arrivals of the new vintage of rosés coming around the late, you know, late March, early April. And then by the fall, uh, by mainly maybe by Thanksgiving, it's like, the, you know, then we see the end of the inventory of rosés. And then we have to wait for the spring again for the next vintage, right? Uh, so I think one part could be uh, the allocation or the small production levels of rosés. Um, and then, Patrick, I mean, you're drinking rosé all day in France, but in the U.S., we're starting to see more rosés available all year, slowly. But uh, your thoughts on the limited amount of rosés that we have access to all year? Yes, so I, I think uh, I think you're right about the, the fact that uh, it's, it's really about the, the quantities that are imported uh, by the different you know importers in the in the US uh, because there are not many rosés that um, you know are made uh, in the in the american soil um, and and I, so there are most of the we, we have some very interesting wines not in the, not only in provence but in on the rosé world um, some very the, the rosé is actually a very interesting wine because you have a, a, a huge panel of different tastes. Uh, you yeah. can you can have a lot of different tastes uh, in rosé. Uh, it depends by you know from where it's from, uh, and it depends the grape, the the blend. Uh, you know Provence, they are the wine producers in Provence. They are trying to follow this line of uh, the dry and uh, light rosé um, and but you can find some even in Provence you have some rosés you know from Bandol the Bandol rosés that are made from the Mourvedre grape uh, which is a lot the Mourvedre it's uh, used for red more for red wine at the, okay. at the beginning it's a very you know tannic a lot of tannins uh, full body red wine that goes very well with you know some barbecue uh, red meat uh, and the Bandol area, they use a little bit of, of their Mourvet grape. They use, uh, you know, 30% of the Mourvet grape in their rosé. So the, these rosé from Bandol, they are very, they have a nice body. Uh, so these actually are the ones that you can really keep over the years. Uh, a nice Bandol rosé, you know, can be kept for, you know, five, six, seven years. And it would be delicious. Whereas... Whereas most rosés uh, usually uh, have a 
So most most rosés. Uh, so you know the technique to make a rosé is really to uh, to take the skin uh, and the pits from the from the pulp. Yep. So so really you it's a you know it's a wine that you you can't really keep really long because uh, the skin gives the tannins and gives the body to the wine. So a rosé right. in Provence, rosé in Provence would be good for you know two years. Right. Um, but then, then you're gonna switch on, you know, more on like a full body rosé, like the Bondel one, which you can keep for, you know, for a long time. So, so basically, rosés, you know, what we want to say to our listening audience is, you know, they need to be consumed, you know, fast. Uh, not wines that you want to typically sit on and age, just like most some, of, you know, most white wines. You know, they're the fresher they are, the the better they taste. So for the American yeah. audience, it's it's about when the availability is here and consumption has to be relatively quick. Is that true? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and I think yeah. the, the, it's really about, it's really the consumers that are driving the importers because, uh, you know, when the, the consumption will change and, and when people will more, uh, you know, drink this type of wine, the rosé, as we do in France, you know, all year long, maybe the importers will, you know, allow more space uh, for right. the rosé in their portfolio. And then and then it's going to change like that slowly, you know, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I think consumer trends are, are changing. All consumer behaviors are changing constantly year to year. Yeah. Well, listen, we spoke we spoke about why it's it's kind of seasonal here. But there's also another stigma, and this stigma is that rosé is basically, like, for women. I love rosé, and my wife makes fun of me. And personally, I think that's racist on her part. <laughs> that stigma to end. Like, why, is, why do I feel that it's, it's like, women that are driving rosé? Why isn't it everybody? Because I love rosé. I'll drink rosé all the time. Well, you need to change that stigma. Maybe you need to be the new spokesperson for Rosé. <laughs> so maybe it's I, I don't I don't I have no I don't have any answers about. It. Maybe it's about the you know about the color. Or I don't know, but yeah, uh, I, Rose... I, would, I would think so. <laughs> you know, we, you know, some. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. I've been around you know in social settings where some folks, uh, some men, uh, have been hesitant to hold a glass of uh, pink wine. I'm sorry. They... Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna make a statement right now. But what? men that refuse to hold a glass of pink wine, they're just insecure about their masculinity. I <laughs> well, that's just, that but that, and I will that, walk through the streets with rosé, and I don't care because I'm comfortable. That and means that you feel comfortable, comfortable with it. Yes, exactly. Uh, but but that's changing. You know, it's you know I I see that in more and more restaurants, I'm seeing at the bars, um, you know, more you know males, you know, actually sipping on rosé. I mean, it's becoming more customary. So culturally, we're changing here as well. I mean, we're following suit of the European wine, wine culture as time is going on. And we're accepting things. We're adjusting. I think that's great. Uh, the stigmas of what you just mentioned, Ari, uh, are slowly going away. We're becoming more adventurous drinkers. Um, you know, it's, it's becoming more exciting. So I think Wait, it's fitting. If, if guys, if you're out there and you refuse to have rosé because of the color, like, geez, geez. So does that so does that mean you, does that mean that you're okay with drinking cosmopolitans? 
I love cosmopolitan. <laughs> the fruitier the drink, the better for me. And again, Whoa. my wife is the opposite. Like she wants like scotch and like uh, you know whiskey and like we're, we're opposite. But that's why I'm here to break these stigmas. Got it. Yeah, um, and uh, and you know rosé, it's uh, it's another type of wine. You have the white, the red, and the rosé, and the the taste is different, you know. And and in in the rosé itself, you can have so many different tastes that everybody can find, you know, their own rosé that they like. You you have some rosés from Pinot Noir, you have some rosés, you know, Grenache Syrah in Provence, uh, but you have a lot of different tastes. So it's it's just like reds and and whites, uh, right. Well, you know, Patrick, that that's exactly why it upsets me that like people would, uh, men would like decline to try it and to find their favorite rosé just based on something as silly as like the color of the wine. Like, get over it. Rosé is awesome. Take it from me, Fati. You had a rosé party, and <laughs> you could vouch for me that I love rosé. Ever since that, that changed your life. <laughs> but uh, yes. Um, and then Patrick, um, another thing, you know, uh, you know, we're excited that uh, you're bringing the wines to this market, and uh, now we have this great opportunity where, you know, we're, we're going to be working with uh, your portfolio, and uh, we're very excited that you know we're going to be able to feature uh, your rosés on our Urban Wine Club uh, platform for all of our listening audience uh, that actually can uh, try these amazing wines, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. So I think that's amazing. We we can, I think the the you know the the ability to try the wines and and maybe you know as you said maybe to have a a webinar and and talk about yes. the wines and have some you know some gathering together and and even with, with these times you know have some wine together you know that's the whole point we're definitely for our listening audiences uh you know keep you know keep following us and we're going to be launching some dates for some of our upcoming webinars where Patrick will be one of our special guests where we'll be doing a rosé it was a virtual tasting, uh, so just you know, keep you know, keep tuned to get the information on that. Well, the webinar is going to be interactive. They're going to be able to you know speak with us, speak with you, learn. They're going to be able to interact. It's it's exactly like they would be in a room tasting the wine. Just they can't just you know they they can't reach out and touch you. That's the only difference. But everything else is going to be exactly the same, and we're going to make it happen. And, and, you know, we look forward to it. Definitely. And uh, Patrick, um, tell us a little bit about, if you can, any, now that we're going through these uh, challenging times in life, have you seen any changes uh, in, your, in your business as far as what's happening with um, uh, consumers? Um, just any, anything you can share with us on how this has changed with what you're doing? And have you, have you, are you implementing anything different and creative uh, as well, yeah. So, so I think uh, you know, as you said, we are going through some challenging times. Uh, but the you know the most important is just to adapt ourselves, you know, um, to what's happening right now. I, I see some changes, you know, and because you know most of the changing is because uh, the restaurants, uh, you know, are not able to open and and to have right. people in, in their dining rooms. Yeah. Um, uh, but at the same time, you know, I have uh, I have some clients in the in the retail uh, that own wine shops and and you know they they are seeing the business growing and uh, and and that's pretty interesting that 
they are you know very excited to bring some new product too and uh, and i i really enjoyed you know the the past weeks uh developing that with some retailers so my business was at the beginning i was more on the hotels and restaurants so uh 70 of my uh, clients were hotels and restaurants so it was very challenging for me at the beginning uh but you know these past weeks were very interesting and and you know the good thing that i i see in america too in the us is that people are very open-minded here yes. uh, so so they are always looking for new products so actually I, i've been both i've been able to have um, a lot of you know new clients during the past weeks so that's that's been very good on the uh, on my on the american side of my business and then uh you know in france i i take i took the time that i had to uh you know first to uh to have some you know news about all the wine producers that i represent here so that's you know in in the in the usual time i you know i'm running around and i i don't really have the time to it's really we are really talking more business you know when i'm here than anything else with the wine right. producers and and you know i took the time to uh to have some news and uh and to talk about different things with the wine producers and and to find some new products too uh, uh to uh discuss with uh different i have some friends who owns uh you know retail shops and restaurants in france and uh they always we're always in contact but uh we we have more time right now to talk more about you know the, sure. the next good wine or the the you know this this new vintage uh, coming uh, everything like that um, so which is great for us because the least you know you keep us uh, uh informed so that in the pipeline that we have great wines coming from individuals like yourself and you know you just mentioned like this change where you know unfortunately you know at one point we were dining a lot and now we can't really dine at all and everything's been converted to home experiences and that you know, retail shops are thriving because now folks are actually, you know, taking that dining experience at home. Yeah. And there's a lot of purchases at the retail level. And uh, whereas where we like to come in now and uh, we're going to be offering uh, the ability to have these experiences at home through being able to purchase, you know, you know, wines, you know, from portfolios like yours from our, you know, our shopping cart. And we're going to put some great uh, packages together for our folks, um, that will include a whole maybe wine dinner experience kit. We're working on putting together, um, you know, uh, wine kits that includes food products. So be assured that in one of those kits will be a rosé wine kit uh, with, uh, you know, Patrick's uh, selections, amongst other things that will be with it. So these are interesting times, and I think that folks are starting to embrace this whole new experience and are enjoying the fact that they can have great experiences at home as well. So, um, you know, this is also exciting for us to be able to work with individuals like yourself, Patrick, who actually, you know, you know, you're a great advocate of, you know, bringing not just French rosés, but bringing great wine to market. Thank you. Thank you, Fatsy. My pleasure. Um, so, Patrick, uh, can you give us a web address for, for those folks that might want to maybe visit your website as well, just to kind of see you know, about the company, the wines and so forth. And uh, obviously we're going to have uh, more information on our website as well. But is there a website that folks can uh, log on to? Yes. So my company is uh, Provence Wine Imports. Very simple. And the, and the website is ProvenceWineImports.com. 
So you can see, uh, you can see my, my portfolio, the wines that I uh, bring in the US. And, uh, and, you know, please do, don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions about some wines or any questions right. about, you know, French wines or anything you want. <laughs> and the other thing I'd like to, to add is for our listening audience, for those that are live in the local area, and when I mean local, I mean, um, you know, Eastern Massachusetts, Boston, Metro, North Shore, South Shore. For those of you that are interested in, in looking at uh, Patrick's wine selections on our Urban Wine Club uh, shopping cart, you know, the wines are available for uh, even local deliveries. So, if, you know, we, we have a service. If you live outside of that zone, uh, we have a shipping uh, service where we ship the wines to you as well. Uh, so for those, you know, check out the website and look at our, all of our delivery areas. If you obviously, if you can't get to a, a retail shop that has any of Patrick's wines, you can get them right through our, our own website. I'm ordering right now. <laughs> oh, is that your order that I just saw coming in? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, yes. So, definitely visit our site. Visit uh, Patrick's uh, site, Provence Wine Imports. Uh, I just want to thank you, Patrick, for taking the time. I know it's busy uh, time for you as well. And uh, it's been a pleasure. And we're going to have you back on the, on our podcast for some yeah, of our future upcoming summit. Stay, stay tuned for the webinar. Yes. And the webinar is coming much. soon. Thank you Thank very you, much, Patrick. Patrick and Ari, for, for the time. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yes, I'm looking forward from the, for the webinars. Excellent. So, so as, as you say, au revoir. <laughs> au revoir. <laughs>